Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lovanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. This portion of Mackie and Judd brought to you by Metafast. Yeah, obviously just to get back out there and to be able to practice and to be with the team. You know, it's been a lot of fun. You know, obviously it's been something that, you know, I've been working extremely hard to be able to get back out there. And so just to be out there and to be able to go through these two practices, you know, it's been a lot of fun this week. That was uh, Sam Bradford talking about practicing for the first time in three months. And we can't play this enough. This is Peter Schrager from Good Morning Football all over the Vikings' defense. Their defense at home has only given up 12 points per game, best in the NFL. They've only given up eight touchdowns at home, fewest in the NFL. They're only giving up 240 yards Good per numbers. game, fewest in the NFL. I don't think anybody can beat the Vikings in Minnesota. And if that's the case, they win the Super Bowl, unless they have to go to Philly, superstar. But that's Nick Foles. And the, if, there, if there's anyone that's off their game and not running on all cylinders right now, it's the Eagles. And yeah. it may end up being that way, but I don't even really believe they're going to get out of that out of that yeah. first round. So, I would, you know, if I was a betting guy, I would say our defense versus anyone that comes through here is going to be uh, tested because th- th- that's a great defense, and you you can get you can get it done with that defense. You know, people talk about. I'm going to get really uh, football granular with you guys here. People talk about fast tracks for offenses and how you get the. The 98 offense or the the greatest show on turf or the Falcons last year, and you get that fast track and it's speed. And doesn't that matter for defense too? When you've got Everson Griffin, fast edge rusher, or Daniil Hunter, or you've got Harrison Smith, who's for 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 a safety who's quite quick. I think the fast track helps the defense in that stadium as well, doesn't it? I think it's all relative. I mean, you're you're all the same speed, no matter what you are on on grass. Don't tell me you're going to keep your grass longer in Chicago to slow us down. It's going to slow you down, too. It's ridiculous to think that it's only going to slow down the fast guys. No, you're slower. It's like watching a British Open sometimes at Soldier Field. It's like golfers looking but, for golf balls at yeah, the 30-yard well, line. But the difference is your team stinks, and so you really don't care that you've been yeah, slowed down. That's true. That's the la- the least of their problems right I, now. I just Chicago. think that everyone recruit, recruits. Did I say that? Everyone drafts, and everyone You can say recruits. Puts I together think it's absolutely fine. That sounds so college, doesn't it? It's what they do, though. It's what they do. They recruit people yeah. in here, don't they? You, just, uh, you get to use more money in the NFL yeah, than you in college. Exactly. Do you? Oh, wait. Maybe well, it really uh, depends. Uh, well, Cam Newton is probably about you, the same from Auburn. You you recruit and tamper. <laughs> yeah. That's what you do in the National Football League. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's exactly what uh, <laughs> the good ones do. But, I, I, I mean, everyone's fast now. I don't know anyone that's really slow. There's no one slow in the NFL. I mean, you can say what you want to about it. If you have a good quarterback and he can sling the football down the, down the field and you got a guy like a Randy Moss uh, who, can, who can run and jump and time everything up, it just matters as to whether or not you have great players on your team or not. That's mm-hmm. all there is to it. 
we've got great defensive players now, and it's all across the board with some depth. And that's that's going to be really a, a tough task to face the Viking defense, no matter who you are in the playoffs. So uh, as long as our offense can keep bringing it, uh, enough, that is, uh, then we might be in good shape. We might. Anything can happen. Okay, well, that's very true, and and I, I think that we, as as Vikings followers, Michael, look at this and say, what's going to go wrong? But do you agree with me? This feels different because of what you just said, defense. In 98, you guys were built on offense, and your defense wasn't bad, but you guys were built on Moss, Cunningham, 556 points, right? Absolutely. 2009 was built on Brett Favre. And offense, and once again, a defense that wasn't bad, but you never looked at that team and said this defense is going to go in and shut down the Saints, and you're going you're going to be fine. You said Favre is going to win you the game, and he did not. This feels different to me, and the reason is this is, team is built on defense, and so if my offense scores 21, 22 points, that's fantastic. But I do feel like if you score 17 or 14, you're not dead. No, you're not. This 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 truly for the first time. Probably since I was a little kid, this feels like a Vikings team where where your expectation is based on something that our expectation hasn't been based on in how twenty five years. What you said, you can you can envision this team winning a game thirteen to nine, like an ugly oh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers no, win from O two or something. Right, that's the chance you have uh, when you have a defense. They got your back if you're an offensive team that is very chalkboard, very vanilla, and very predictable. Whatever the case, but you move the ball, you have to move the ball, and you have to do it methodically. Because you don't want to keep putting that defense back out there. Oh, they'll stop them. They'll stop them. No, you know what? They can only do that so long. That's a a really good point. And don't, you got to have some time on the field to get that, their wheels back. Yeah. And you do, then you are in pretty good shape. I mean, you have to have some decent drives. You you know, preferably, obviously, you'd, you'd want to have touchdowns and not field goals. But if you can rest your defense and keep them sharp and keep them teed up in the air and ready to come, uh, then I think you, you, You'd be in pretty good shape. Yeah. But there are other things that, that fall into this thing, too. A little bit of luck doesn't hurt injury-wise. No one goes down. No key player goes down. I mean, there's a lot of things that have to happen. Everyone has to. Right now, we have a team that's culminating in people having their best season ever. They might be seven, eight, nine, ten-year pros, but they're all coming together and having great seasons, solid enough to make the defense Great all the way across the board. Yeah. I don't care who you talk about. Zendaya, anybody, they're having great years. And that's a good segue into some breaking news here. Oh, my. Breaking news. This is just breaking? This is breaking and developing. Developing and breaking. So it's going on as we speak. It was breaking, and now it's kind of developing, and it's... So uh, the Associated (laughs) Press first-team NFL All-Pro team has been released. Oh, my. Where you take the... This isn't the Pro Bowl, where guys like Harrison Smith get snubbed. This is the combined AFC and NFC into one bunch and pick out the best starting roster, basically. The Vikings have two first-team All-Pro members, both on defense, Xavier Rhodes and Harrison Smith. So Harrison Smith, for some godforsaken reason, (laughs) didn't make the Pro Bowl. Even though, so I don't know, uh, this came out yesterday, too. Uh, Pro Football Focus does their grading. Like They work with almost every team in the NFL. They do video scouting and grading. And they have a 1 to 100 point system for kind of like a Madden rating, but in real life for players. They've been grading players since 2006, Superstar. They've never graded a player higher at any position than Harrison Smith, 2017. The highest graded player in the history of their video scouting since 2006. 
Like you could split hairs a little bit, but that's it validates his amazing season with the eye he test. He is uh, <clears throat> he's an outstanding football player, a very humble one too, I might add. Who said, you know, when he got snubbed, they asked him the question. I mean, what does it feel like? I mean, it must feel horrible, right? He goes, yeah, but when you think about it, there are some years I didn't think I deserved it. So it kind of evens things out. Okay. That was all he had to say, which was a really the right way to go, I think. Yeah. Instead he, of griping and, about it, because he knew. He knew he, he got snubbed, but so yeah. what? I'm not going to cry about it in the paper. And, and he wants to be prepping for the Super Bowl that week anyways. He doesn't yeah. really want to be at the Pro Bowl. <laughs> the yeah. Pro Bowl is a joke, too. I think players yeah. across the board know, know that. I, I mean, when you have when you have coaches who don't care who vote, players who who vote don't care, yep. and fans are going to vote and, and are told to vote for their team, the entire process is a joke. Th- this is very real. The the years when the players and the coaches uh, made the selections and only, only the players and coaches. And no fan that, vote. That was real deal. Because now you're handing someone all the credit in the world for being who they are, your peers. Uh, we, we thought you were pretty good. The defensive players vote for the offensive players and vice versa. And and your your division, uh, you better have the the the, uh, the respect of everyone in your division, or you you won't get in. And and John Tierley used to say, I think it's really now becoming more of who has the best golf tournament every summer, where you invite everyone to your golf tournament. And now now all <laughs> of a sudden you're a pretty yeah. cool guy, and now yeah, why not? Yeah. That that becomes the scratch in. But when they turn it over to the fans, then you get the Harrison Smith Smith thing. It's just, it's not right. It's not right. The fans don't know what's going on out there. I mean, they see interceptions, and they see some guy over here with seven or eight interceptions, and Harrison Smith with three or four. Yeah, this guy's better. See, we no, actually we did we did a couple segments on yesterday's show, cross sport comparisons to Harrison Smith. So, like uh, one that Matthew Collar came up with, and I like it is Yadier Molina in baseball is one of the he's in his prime. He was one of the best players. He's a catcher. Yep, and the things that he was great at are really hard to quantify. He didn't hit a bunch of home runs like Harrison Smith doesn't have 10 interceptions. But Yadier Molina was great working with pitchers and communication and throwing out base runners. And Harrison Smith is a great tackler, but he's also great at just confusing quarterbacks and all these things that you're you're not going to find him in a box score necessarily. It's what makes him great. Well, Everything's wrong about the way they vote now. I mean, it used to be a week before. They would come out with uh, the, the... I think the results like the week before the last game. I mean, they're doing this Pro Bowl uh, val- uh, voting and, and uh, uh, tallies three weeks in advance. No one has a full season in yet. So like Harrison December Smith had two had two interceptions the last game. Right, and they didn't even matter. Yeah, it didn't matter. Right, yeah, that's... so that would have swayed someone to say, "Well, he's awfully good." Why not just wait till the end of the game? Like, why? Why do, if I perform well in the Super Bowl, why doesn't that that should matter too? Right, of course, absolutely. But you know, I, I saw him down at. Winter Park, Harrison Smith. It was the first time I'd ever met him in person. And I just going through the locker room, heading upstairs, and uh, taking a look at the old place and, and talking to Studwell and some other people that I talked with from time to time in there. But Harrison Smith was walking through the, the locker room, and I, he looked at me, and he, it was like he knew me, but I, regardless, I probably oh, just looked thug enough. Fairly that I, that inconspicuous I can, I looking person. This guy yeah, out of yeah. here. But I walked over to him, I, I introduced myself, and... What what a great kid! I just said, by the way, I mean, I I said, I hope you're feeling good. I hope the whole team is healthy and feeling good and ready to roll. But I said, you got screwed. <laughs> and I said, dude, did you ever get screwed? You are having a fabulous season. Uh, be proud of you yourself and your teammates. You're playing the best of anybody. I, in fact, I made him the MVP of of the defense. Yeah. Uh, when we did that, and I told him that. 
And uh, he he thanked me for that, and he just uh, he was a great he was really good a good kid. He said something else, and um, yeah, he was yeah. Re- really nice. Snap was high, right? It was. He he said the snap was like this. That snap. This too. High, this is too much. And then he said, uh, "I got one more question for you. Have uh, you ever had your ass cooled with a folding chair?" <laughs> and he had one behind his back. Well, I bet he'd like ready that to one. go. He had he had one behind because the hitman would definitely take one out and use it on you. Hey, hey uh, guys, it'll cool your ass, star. Xavier Rhodes had such a good year. That he was voted uh, All Pro first team cornerback and All Pro uh, second team defensive back. He Wait. basically got enough. He he got enough votes in both to qualify for so, both. So they have like a def, like a they've got cornerback safeties back. and 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 then a random just defensive secondary, back. Just secondary, just secondary. Yes. Mm-hmm. So so second and third team chef. He's a culinary expert that's, as well. That's quite the season too, when you get on the All Pro team twice. Uh, that's not too bad. Damn, I was on the All Pro team. You probably were. I was on the Playboy preseason All-Pro team. I oh, the Playboy one, really? Yeah, yeah they, had a, they had it for two yeah. years. It was in the magazine. I made it 93, 94. I was the only one that made it. They only did it two years. Did they do pictures? Oh, this no. Is, no, they did not. This is no fair. Special teams. You got a kicker. You got a punter. You got yep. a kick returner, punt returner. Are we talking Playboy still? And then, no, no. National Football League AP. And then a special teamer. A random special That's teamer. That's normally a hitman, like. Why do we not have a long snapper? Well, they well, do. They play, actually Playboy, do pick. Playboy did. Playboy actually. No, did. Long Snapper well, meant yeah. something entirely different in that magazine. Yeah, you. You it was have totally to different. Come out uh, and see me. It was a lot different, and in a good way. I was the only one that made it. <clears throat> Let me see. I was one of only like six guys. There's a party for both that, teams. Right? I. There might have been. I didn't get invited to it. Well, then what fun is being well, elected to the team? It, it, was just, it was. You know what? It was in the magazine. Is I, that good? Yeah, that's great. Not bad. That's all I got. Still have it? That was it. Uh, it's on the back of a football card somewhere. I just thought if you, you had the publication, possibly you could bring it in so we could take a look Star at your just, name in there. just reads the issue for the articles about him. I just would like to take a look. I don't take get a look to confirm about me and Playboy. But there were a couple. That was all I noticed. Yeah, sure. Oh, God. You guys are filthy. Star. You guys are filthy. Agreed. I'm yeah, not the look, center stars. I'm not in the center on the all-pro team. Oh, I'd say he's on the all-pro team. Yeah, something. Uh, hey, we earlier in the show, we the Star Tribune is coming out with, uh, leading up to the Super Bowl, their top 10 Vikings of all time list. We've done this before a couple years ago, but Judd and I have both laminated our top 10 Vikings list. Oh. We just want you to be the, the checker of the lists. I tell us. Give, I can give you my ten. Okay. Holy Toledo! Yeah, if I had a Beautiful. Mount Rushmore with ten mugs up there, we could definitely knock it out. We can chisel wow. those out. Well, nice. let's do that when we come back here. Superstars hanging out. It's Mackie and Judd. And this portion of Mackie and Judd brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware, proud sponsor of the Beer Show. You think you like football? Well, John Gruden doesn't just really like football. He. F- Loves football. We got to be hard on ourselves as coaches. Aaron Rodgers will not waste time running his great back into a loaded box when he has three receivers that are running a solution to his problems. It's a beautiful thing. Football! Football, yeah! Yeah. Play the fire one. Football! You got to play the fire one. There's so many of these. The fire one's so good. You think you and your Hall of Fame quarterback buddy like football? Well, John Gruden and Brett Favre don't just like football. They f- love it. Watch this throw rolling to my left, backing up. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And, and and I make another throw the next time. It's like it came right out of heaven. I mean, it had to, I, I, it it had had to drop in like a butterfly with sore feet. 
it hadn't dropped in like that. Like a what? <laughs> football! football! Like a what? Yeah, he lost him completely. And now John Gruden, it's official, according to uh, reports, John Gruden to the Raiders. It's been rumored, his his comeback has been rumored, but he's finally back, John Gruden after a decade, to the soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders. Going to be announced on, on Tuesday, and, and I saw this tweet a couple of days ago, and it's exactly right. John, It's been so long since John Gruden last coached that when ESPN shows B-roll of, of him with Tampa or his first time around with Oakland, it was so long ago the B-roll is standard deaf TV. Yeah, there is hilarious. no there is no HD footage of John Gruden coaching in the National Football that's League. Amazing. So it's all grainies <laughs> walking around. It's like, this is black and white. So this is from I, the 60s. iPhones didn't exist yet. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> HD TV didn't exist yet. How great He's is that? coming back. The old John Gruden. He goes way back. What tree did he fall out of anyway? Did he come out of he, the... He was in the... I the he, was Holmgren, he was in the Walsh. But... He's from the Walsh tree, Walsh, technically. I think it's the Walsh thing. Because he was on Holmgren's first staff in 92. In, in fact, the story... The story was that he's the guy who went to pick up uh, Brett Favre at the Green Bay Airport, and Favre, after being traded from the Falcons, got in Gruden's car and was completely sauced. <laughs> so Brett was drunk and got in Gruden's car. He's like, hey, man. I've been told. You think you and your <laughs> Hall of Fame quarterback buddy like football? Well, John Gruden and Brett Favre don't just like football. They f- love it. <laughs> it's red left switch. See right. Sprint right G, U corner, halfback flat. Nice That's and easy, lot. let's walk it. Here we go. Football! Football, yeah! yeah. Football! Yeah. Football! Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Let's block it. Let's get it blocked. Get uh, it handled. How are we gonna handle this up front? It's great. Um, yeah, ask that to the center in the room every every day. How are we gonna how do you wanna handle this? How do we wanna handle this? Uh, let's call it up. Uh, call call high. No, make it low. <laughs> okay. Before we get to our Vikings list, I want to play you one more Gruden thing. All right. Because he's just so entertaining. He is. This is John Gruden. Dave Harrigan found this yesterday. This is like 10 years ago when Chris Sims was a young quarterback. Phil Sims' son, him? Chris Sims, Tampa was Bay? Texas quarterback and yeah. then went to Tampa. Texas, I don't know if it was Texas. Yeah, it was. Texas. And it then was. he. Mm-hmm. And so he was in training camp. And apparently, John Gruden gave him like 15 plays to memorize so you can get in the huddle and you know these 15 plays so you can get in there with confidence. And then as he was in his headset, he was giving him different plays to just screw with him the next day. <laughs> and this is what it sounded like. Green right X, shift the Viper right. 382 X stick looking. Here we go, guys. Green right X, shift the Viper right. 382 Y stick looking on one. X stick looking on one. Let's go scatter to west right tight. F left. 372 Y stick Z spot. Here we go. Scatter to west right tight. F left. 382 Y stick. <laughs> Christ. Just go scatter to west, right, tight, F left. Yeah. 372 Y stick Z spot. Here we go. Scatter. <laughs> Say it again. I'm... Scatter yeah. to west, right, tight, F left. 372 Y stick Z spot. Here we go. Scatter to west, right, tight. Scatter to west, right, tight, F left. 382 Y stick Z spot. I'm already break. Christ. Huh? I'm the problem. Might <laughs> making you nervous, aren't I? No, I just couldn't spit it out. Uh-huh. No, no, you you were nervous. You couldn't do it, <laughs> and he was scaring you to death because he can do it in his sleep. Uh-huh. That's how he is. He's he's just a walking <clears throat> encyclopedia of football. I mean, he's got a, a football IQ like like you heard it right there. How do you even spit a play out in the NFL? But you know it's, a language. it's a language. It's ridiculous. It's a language. The West, the West Coast is incredibly complex. 
It is because there's so many variations. Down. Oh God! I but mean, he was also doing it down. Years. He, but he had he had a chance to tweak it and play with it until it was his language, and then it's easy. Yeah, but you got to be able to say it the way you want to say it in the huddle, so you never flub it up and you never turn it around and end up being like Chris Sims. I mean, he could not do it the way John uh, John Gruden wanted him to. But this also goes back to, if, if you guys recall, when Childress would get up to the podium and talk about Tavares Jackson reciting the play and, like, spitting out the play, and we're all like, what are you even talking about? That's it. Yeah. Like, yeah. he, the West Coast has so much verbiage and stuff. <laughs> oh. And so these guys, and I don't blame them, get flustered and oh can't say it, and guys are like, what's the play? You're trying to prove yourself to the head coach. He's standing right there in front of the huddle, and you're trying to break the huddle with a play, and you're trying to get it right in your heads so that when you get up to the ball, you're not going to freeze frame it when you get up to the ball. And this is just practice. Like, if I need to check out of this, what would I check it to? What did I just call, though, to be able to check out of it? It, it? I'm telling you right now, if you can play quarterback in the NFL, if you can be a starter, I don't care which language you have to pick up, whether it's West Coast, whether it's run. I don't care, run and shoot, the old Houston Oilers thing with Jerry Glanville. Yep. It doesn't matter. There's a There's a... A way of spitting it out so that you spit out each receiver's position and route. And that's the offensive line. And the offensive line, well, that's fairly easy. That really is just a a toss, a pitch. Uh, but but they but then the number correlates to the fullback and the halfback and the side you're running to. The two, the four, the six, the eight hole, right? So are you able and, to and the, like decipher some of this? Like if oh, I'm yeah. gonna play like ten oh, yeah. seconds of this just For sure. because you've actually been in these huddles. Green right X, shift the Viper right. Green right X, that's the, that's the receiver, that's the flanker. Okay. okay. X. Green right X, shift the Viper right. Three the Viper's the H-back. Stick looky. Here we go. What does stick looky mean? Stick looky, I, I, I'm not really sure, but I think I heard him say scat and scram, I think, in one of the earlier earlier ones. Scat and scram is a three-way break. It's a three-way dodge. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, You flood one zone with a, with a route. You have different uh, ways of, of playing that out of three receivers off the same side. One in the slot, two wide, one wider. It's amazing. But besides that, it's, it. it's, it's yeah. all simple. Man. It is crazy. People don't know how tough, you know. But this is why. Big dumb football player. Oh, well, okay. They always, if they stepped into a huddle or tried to pick up a playbook and then it's have to calculus. do it on the run. Right. Do it on the run when when you're trying to think out everything and not blow a play. And it just got changed up the line of scrimmage with one word. And you're you're sitting there going, oh no! But this is why it gets so tough because you you go to the combine and meet Christian Ponder, who's been a pretty good, decent <laughs> yeah, college quarterback. Yeah. And Christian Ponder walks in your room and blows you away, and you yeah. say, "This is a really smart human being, and we need a smart guy." Right. And so you're taken with that, and so you say to yourself, "Okay, we can safely, in our minds, invest in him being our future quarterback because yeah. he's going to mature and he's a smart guy." Except you're wrong. Yeah, it's completely you, wrong. You don't get enough face time to figure that out until you're wrong. Yeah, that's right. And you know what? You know what's wrong about him was that he was incredibly smart, knew the offense, but was overthinking everything, and asked a question about every tiny little nitpicky thing, which they eventually do anyway. But he, I mean, we used to call Todd Kalis Hewlett Packard because it was the it was what if. Remember the remember the logo? They're the uh, yeah. Their uh, their tag was <laughs> yeah, always slogan, what, yeah, yeah. what if. He would ask about every six-inch punch or step and just hold the meeting up all night long in two-a-days. And just all of us, he, he's a five-year guy, six-year guy, and he's still asking the dumbest little stupid question about your right foot. Where does it go? The, you're like, you're you're what if, Todd? You're just what if everything. Yeah. And I just think block it. In general, in general, I like people who are curious in that way. 
I mean, there's like, that's a, fine. there's a line you at some point. You do have to talk it through, but some people just know and understand that after a while, it's always going to be stepping to the place, to the point of attack. Yeah. You just have to know that. You yeah. have to assume that after a while. Yeah. And he just could not get over it. And that's what Ponder was doing and hanging on to it too long and not throwing where the window was. So he actually overthought it. He, instead of just being instinctive and knowing it before you get in the huddle on the day of the game and letting it fly, you just turn it on automatic pilot. And... It's all easily correctable, though. Easily correctable, yeah. as he would say, after yeah. every single three-interception <laughs> game. Uh, so, yeah. so we were going to do our—we we gave our Vikings top ten greatest players list. Yeah. Do you have your list of ten? I do. Um, let, Judd, let's fly through ours real quick and then have all Superstar right. take the baton here. I said— I'll go ten to one. Okay, and you're and you're snubbing you're snubbing Hall of Famers because the Vikings have eleven of them, so like you you can't put them all on the list. So I put Adrian Peterson ten, John Randall nine, Paul Krause eight, Randall McDaniel seven. I put Chris Carter six, Mick Tinglehoff five, Jim Marshall four, longevity and also great at his peak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randy Moss three, Allen Page two, and Fran Tarkenton quarterback factor number one. Sorry, Carl Eller. Sorry to uh, Ron Yeri and company. I, I snubbed uh, Kraus and Yeri. I went uh, 10 to 1, Mike Morris, Jim Marshall, Mick Tinglehoff, Johnny Randall, Chris Carter at 7, Randall McDaniel at 6, my top 5, Adrian Peterson, Carl Eller at 4, Moss, Tarkington, and Alan Page. That's unbelievable. And, and, That's really good. And I think the top both of those both of those are very very good. To me, the top three can be moved around a little bit. Yep. But the top three are the top three. A- after that, it's up for debate as far as I'm concerned. So to me, Page, Tarkenton, and Moss are the most influential and greatest players in franchise say, history. Say that again. Page, Marshall, Page, Page, who? Tarkington, and Moss. Moss yeah. are my top three, and those are the most influential three I think in the franchise history. That those are great lists. Great. I I, I made one completely different. Really, Michael Bennett. How did you how did you know that that's the first one on the list? How did you know that? Ontario Smith's Wizenators. He, 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 he even missed the boat. Michael Bennett. <laughs> he did. Didn't he, he literally missed the boat. <laughs> but, oh, he would have been on it. He he drove oh, yeah. up and the darn thing was <laughs> Alan Almas was taken off. Uh, no particular order here. Uh, just none whatsoever. I just started writing them down because sure. I had to. Uh, but. And I could do that later. But uh, John Randall makes the list, and, and uh, Randall McDaniel, of course. Uh, Alan Page, of course. I have to. Th- I you have to put Paul Krause on here. He has eighty-one interceptions, eighty-one picks. Yep. He had twelve um, picks as a rookie. Yes, yes. No one will ever break that. I, I mean, you have to play a long time. Anyone that had a, had a chance at breaking that record has retired, and someone's going to have to start all over again. And now quarterbacks are—they just don't throw as many just, picks anymore. Or you either. just throw the other way. If a guy is really dominant, you just throw the other way. You don't yeah. go to him that often. Yeah. And Krause uh, is picking everything off. Totally agree. Yeah. No, um, that's that's such a ridiculous number. Yeah. He has to be on here. I, I mean, he was a great athlete. He plays golf, both left and right-handed. I've seen him do yeah, it. He did that huh? with me. My score looks like I do. I shoot 120. It's like for you. He took my golf club you away sure from me. He took my three wood away from me. He said, "Watch this. I, I'm right-handed golfer." He turned it upside down and hit it about 220 down the middle. Wow. <laughs> down you the said middle. Just you said just keep it then. Great baseball player at the University of Iowa. A lot of lots to be known about Paul Krause. Great holder too. Might might have been one of the best holders ever. Um, <clears throat> Carl Eller. The moose has got to get on here somewhere. Chris Carter. Good as they come. That's all there is to it. Hate him. Uh, Randy Moss. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe should be up there one or two, with with uh, Randall McDaniel, who was just stellar in every department. Uh, then I go, um, Ron Yeri. This is going to surprise you, but it doesn't me. I got my reasons for this. Scott Studwell. Okay, I, I'm telling you, 15 years. He's the all time leading tackler for the Minnesota Vikings. 
so be it. Uh, and then my last one, uh, I didn't have it written down. I think I probably would give it to Marshall. Who, who's your toughest snub then? Would well, you, yeah, P- snub, snub Peterson. Tark, and, 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 yeah, Peterson too. And Tark. Peterson was individually really? great, but Peterson's, it's just no Tarkenton. Yeah. How do you snub Tark? Well, <laughs> basically invented scrambling. Yeah. I don't know if that's how it's supposed to be done. A little <laughs> playground. Oh, you're you're going Norm Van Brocklin I'm, on him. I'm just saying. You I, don't I, approve. I I I don't know. I mean, the the style of play was a little bit purge. Bring it. I like. No, this. I can't do it, but I because I like him. So I wouldn't I dare bring to... it. I like. I, I love where this is going. No, it's no, no. Why would I do that? No, it's just it was just not. Uh, I thought there were high, higher people on the list. Too many risks. Well, hold on. Too many a, risks. Hold on a second. If we're going to get into personality flaws, you got Chris Carter smack dab in, in the middle of your list. That's you, a good point. You hate the man. Oh, I despise him. Yeah, he's I really know you good. do. He's really good. Um, Fran was good. I just had ten better. That's a that's impressive. I I mean that too. I, I mean that. I'm not kidding. I mean, there are ten Hall of Famers that you're. Oh, sure. You're, Studwell's not, but you know, <clears throat> Studwell is a horse. He was a horse. He was a badass. 15 years, most one of the guys with the most games played almost. I didn't put Mick on here, too. I could easily put Mick Tingle off. That on dude here. played for 20, well, Marshall did, too. Played for like 20 years. I think Before Tingle, I was Tingle born, played 17. I don't think he missed any. He how, played 242 in a row. How great was Mick at, as a player? I mean, I saw him play at the end, which isn't fair to assess that. Yeah. But, but how no. great How great did you feel he was as a player? I, I thought he was a good football player. I thought he was a, a very, very good center. Um as far as centers go, I, I put I put centers on <clears throat> on a level with uh, Mike Webster, um, Dermonte Dawson, two Pittsburgh guys, um, Bruce Matthews. Those are great, great, great centers. Uh, and and the list, list goes on. The guy from Miami, uh, help me out. You got, he got injured. No, no, no. Well, he was outstanding too. Um, number fifty-seven. He ended his career in about six years. Tried to run down an interception. He got his knee taken out. Okay, mm-hmm. Dwight Stevenson. Okay, there you go. Uh, but yeah, and Je- you know what? Jeff Christie was unbelievable. He was really good. Um, Matt Burke. Mm-hmm. What about Ray Edwards? You know, it's always got to be Ray, as Matt Burke used to say. There's a fight in practice, <laughs> and the, and you fight with him, and the coach would always come over to Burke and say, uh, I, "I can't have you fighting. It's 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 non-productive." To be combative is to be non-productive. And I think it was Childress talking to him about that. Uh, and he said, uh, he said, he uh, goes, yeah, uh, he, he, <laughs> he gotta, uh, 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 tighten it up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Clean it up a little uh, bit. So as it turned out, everyone started understanding soon and often that it was always Ray Edwards. Yes. That was starting the fight. So Burke brought it up to him. He goes, well, I understand that it's not, it's not productive and that, to be combative is not good, but why does it always got to be Ray? And so it always became that thing on the team was, why does it always have to be Ray that I got to quit fighting? Yeah, he once shut down a, a, I think he shut down the final ever scrimmage with the Chiefs one time at River Falls. I think too. he did. Herb yeah. Edwards was the coach at and the time. And then he tried to, tried to fight professionally, and it might have been the worst <laughs> boxing match I ever attended. Did you, did you go to it? And he was going against some, yeah, he was going against some fat guy who they threw in the ring some with casino, him. Casino, right? Like a grand casino yeah. or something. Pelissero oh and I drove up to yeah. watch it, and it was just was a he even good? Was he even no? I mean, he he had no idea what he was doing. He could fight 
like in a you know street fight. No, I'm sure. But like the art of boxing, yeah. it was just it was embarrassing, and it was this little fat guy. He just basically pounded on, on top of the guy's head. Somebody called it. Yeah. It was like a hand-picked was, opponent who'd never fought before. It was really uncomfortable. Do you guys ever see that video that floats around on Facebook? It's like the the worst boxer ever video. Yeah. Which yeah. just some little Irish guy. I'll show it to you during the break. I think I've and he, seen it. And they it, do yeah. the intros, and it's on ESPN or something, and it looks like I don't know. This guy doesn't really look like a fighter, but he's not. And then he gets in the ring, and he does. That like the Notre Dame stance, <laughs> like come on, Ossie, I'm gonna fight you, and he does that for 30 seconds and gets knocked out. Yeah, of course, so, that's yeah. a race should have done. Hey, let's come back with some questions from Jonathan filling in for Dave today, and uh, more with Mike Morris, the superstar. Ventline back next week, obviously with the Vikings uh, by a week. Luther Brookdale Toyota will buy your used vehicle from you as well, and it's a great process. I've gone through it before. Here's how it works. There's not an easier way to find out what your vehicle is worth and then, by extension, to go through with the process if you decide to sell it. So you can set up an appointment with a representative at Luther Brookdale Toyota. In as little as 15 minutes, a professional appraiser will give you a no-obligation offer. So the appraisers are available during normal dealership hours, open until 9 o'clock tonight. So even if you're just kind of curious about what your vehicle is worth, Luther Brookdale Toyota will gladly provide you with the current market value. And then if you like the offer, you like the price, they'll buy it from you. Even if you don't buy from Luther Brookdale Toyota. And if you accept the offer, they handle all the paperwork. Super friendly, knowledgeable people to help you out. You'll leave with a check in your hands. You're never going to find an easier way to sell your car. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, we got superstar Mike Morris in here. Mackie and Judd on this Friday, and Jonathan Harrison uh, pinch hitting for Dave Harrigan. Everyone's sick around here. Jonathan mm-hmm. from Vikings Ventline from the Crafty Rogues podcast. Uh, he sits in with Scott Korzanowski on Sundays. What do you got for us, Jonathan? All right, so guys, on yesterday's Dan Lebitard show, Stugatz came out with some critiques of Trey Wingo's, what, month and a half here in the co-host seat of the morning show here? Yes. Uh, here's the sound. He's definitely listened to some radio shows and has heard some kind of generic stuff that you're supposed to say because he'll say, roll it on on a Thursday. And it's just funny. Like, I know it is laugh out loud funny in my car to hear Trey do this, to pick up on what other radio hosts are saying is transitions to move on. Move it on on a Wednesday. And it's and I want him to do it in a way that is so over the top right. that he's actually mocking it. But I haven't been able to get him there yet. How is Trey Wingo receiving these phone calls or these texts from Stugatz telling Trey Wingo, polished broadcaster? It's coaching, Dan, slash sabotage. All right, so you uh-huh. guys you guys consider yourself polished broadcasters. Oh, clearly, <laughs> quite clearly. No question about that. Yes. What critiques do we have for other uh, hosts or station talent here? Oh, there's a really easy one that yeah. I spent four years dealing with from 2010 <laughs> through 2013, and he's a dear friend, but I'm going to throw him directly under the bus. There's a very basic broadcasting 101 tactic called turning off your microphone that Patrick Royce has not mastered, before even you, in his mid-70s. Before you drop... Oh, in fact, there's been a couple times where they've had to hit dumb buttons when he'll get done yep. with a segment, lean back, ah, these sons of go. <laughs> The amount of times I had to dive across the desk as he was mid-sentence to hit the off button before he said something the FCC would find us heavily for is countless. It's unbelievable what happens behind behind the microphone. 
be in the studio. No one knows, but we do. <laughs> oh, I know. And, and oh, we it, do. It's unbelievable arguments. What people? <laughs> it's unbelievable the words that people say around mics. I don't care if they're live or or not. <laughs> But as a guy who, who has a propensity to swear himself, I really try hard in here not to do it just because I don't want to get into the ha- habit of potentially doing it. But, yeah, when it comes to Roycey, it's like just stream of consciousness. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Just the way Pat talks. No one has a problem with that. No. It's Pat. Here's it's the one Pat thing. Pat being Pat. Here's the one thing for Pat in 2018. I do not want to hear the man mention retirement ever again. He's the Brett Favre of no, 1500 ESPN. Every <laughs> year it's Brett like, ah, oh, this, this is it. He, he's the Favre of this entire market. Yeah. He is true. the Brett Favre of this entire market. <laughs> well, originally, a couple years ago, on, on the writing side, the Ryder Cup was going to be his send-off. He, was gonna, he loves golf. Walking off. He was going to do a, one more baseball season and then end it in October, September, October, with the Ryder Cup. And that was it. That was a year and a half ago. Yes. And he's still ripping PJ Fleck and print. <laughs> and, he was op- and he was openly saying that last year was going to be his last year yeah. on the radio. Yeah. I, I don't ever want to hear him mention retirement again. <laughs> Did you ever? What, uh, what keeps him coming back? I mean, what? what? Do, you know, do you know how bored he gets? Oh, I, that must be. He, const- tweets, yeah. uh, he tweets constantly, excuse me, uh, from Florida because he has nothing to do. <laughs> Two days ago, he tweets... Finally went to the Twins ballpark today. Some extensive damage done by the hurricane. And then he gave you a play-by-play what the damage was. Like the windows being out on the fourth (laughs) floor and stuff. Yeah. He's beyond bored. So, Star, you've been doing radio now for like 20-plus years and TV and stuff. You think I have? Have you ever gotten a company fined heavily by the FCC for something you said on air? You know, very close. Very, very close. It wasn't because of me and my mouth. And you know how filthy I can be. Yes. But it was for the guests that I had. Oh. Uh, in the context that we had to finally clean up, but they thought it was funny, even knowing so and being told not to would do it on purpose because they knew that I made the mistake of telling them that there was a seven-second delay dump. Oh, no. And that it took seven <laughs> seconds to build it back up oh, again. Oh, you told and so them. so they would just, yeah, it was Klein Saucer and stupid-ass Hovan. You can oh, say ass, you can wow. say ass, right? And the, they would F-bomb, 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 and we're sitting there. They they were fun to have on. I called them Thug One and Thug Two, kind of like Doctor Seuss. And they just they thought it was funny. They were in the weight room lifting with me that morning, and I said, "When you guys come in, they come in once a week. <clears throat> you can't do that. You really can't do that now." They come in, they're smiling at each other, and they knew they knew they were going to. First do question it. could have been, "So how's your mother this weekend?" Oh no! They would have absolutely. F-bombed. Oh no! She's doing effing great. <laughs> no. There's times where we had, uh, oh, I, I can say this, what the hell. We had Cole Aldrich on at uh, Target Center like like player. two months ago. Awesome guy, Minnesota guy. And it was really, we we had never interviewed him before. We didn't really know what to expect. And it was 18 minutes or something. It was great conversation. And uh, he talked openly about his time with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And he got so comfortable like 12 minutes into the interview and we're sitting in this glass in, in the fish the fishbowl booth <laughs> yeah. in the Target Center area, yeah. right? Yep. And he's like, you know, back in his chair, super comfortable, which is what you want. You want you <laughs> yeah. want that environment where everyone's all comfortable. And he let like two or three of them fly. A couple like uh, sh bomb and 
And we looked at each other, and we're on location, hoping, like, I hope somebody back at the station grabbed that no one. There's no dump button to hit oh, here, man. baby. Yeah. yeah. I mean, someone yeah. did dump it back at the station, but that's like, you want people to be comfortable, but you that's don't want to have yeah. to, you know, He leaned get, back, get fine. and I thought, this is really cool, <laughs> and it could be dangerous. Yeah. yeah. And he's, like, talking about his childhood, and he just starts dropping them, and I was like, oh, just uh, one, two, three, and you're not getting all, you, you may not be getting all of them, <clears throat> but the people like it at home so much, you never get a, you never get a complaint. We never got a complaint with those two. Yeah. I, we Hold never was a complete got, loose cannon. Oh, good, good lord! And you this, invited him in, so it's your fault. I know right there. you're right. You're right. And, and but the station loved it. Mick loved it. Everyone loved it. Dan loved it. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, I know. Uh, talking and about. and and Klein Saucer too was young. Might have been in the league one or two, uh, two years. He maybe. zipped in, it up in front, in front of. Oh, yeah, he did. Jimmy zipped it yeah, up big yeah, time. Uh, and it was never sh bomb. It was F they skipped right to the, every, t- right every to the time. Every time. It went right to the winner. Mm, yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So we've all seen by now the report uh, ESPN posted this morning about Tom Brady, the Patriots, and Bill Belichick. How does a coach, I guess this one's for Star, how does a coach go about addressing a report like that? So just as to, to clue people in who, there's a big story from ESPN.com that egos and jealousy and power struggles are taking over the Patriots mm-hmm. for the first time in 17 years that... Belichick is looking out for his quarterback of the future, was told, sorry, you got to trade Garoppolo. Brady's got his own trainer and is starting his own businesses now. And there's just a lot of, they're trying to take credit for a dynasty. And it, and the Patriots came out with a statement and they said, hey, we're all united here. Nothing to see here. But when a bombshell like that drops to Jonathan's question, you know, what the, what's you, the buzz like? You know what? It's It happens all the time and people... Don't really know about it. It's not. It's not even worth reporting, but because it's Belichick and Tom Brady, Brady's new business, TV Twelve, which he's into supplements now, as we all know, because he learned how to work out. Yeah, mm-hmm. Alex Guerrero or whatever his name is has taught him to work out. Mm-hmm. Tom, you're going to eat. You're going to eat salads and work out. Good for you. Yeah. And you're going to make me rich. <laughs> finally, learned how Alex to Guerrero's work out. going to be rich. Yeah. Oh well. See, Belichick found him through Willie McGinnis. Alex was found that way and invited into some meetings yep. to see how he could help some of the guys on the team that were injured and how they could get them back sooner and everything else. So he does do that, but then all the players decide to flock toward him and hover toward him and the TB12 stuff because, what, their quarterback is is behind it. It's his business. Yep. And so politically, they think that if they attach themselves to Brady, they're safe on the team to last as long as Tom does, which is forever. But... Then the other guys are working out with the strength coach that they pay handsomely. Yeah. So now it becomes, wait, what are we paying this guy for if you're doing this with all the other players on this on this side of the room? This is the this is probably on Belichick for allowing an outside sort of consultant that's type it, to though. infiltrate. And he, but you, and he's tried to peel it back, and that's the problem. You can't now. Well, and then when he, when he shows up on the sidelines, now it's become yes. a real real deal where it's 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 Tom Brady. Paying for him to travel with the team. Yep. Now it's becoming, oh, now you're calling your own shots and now you're doing things. You're, the coach is essentially losing control of his star quarterback and some of the locker room, too. The best and, part. And he's, that's not his deal. The best part of, of the story, though, is Garoppolo gets hurt. And so he's going to go to TB12 to work out. And, and he goes and, hey, can I? no one comes to the door. No one comes to the door, and Garoppolo basically claimed that it took it took the Patriots calling Guerrero's people to get him in there. 
And Guerrero took on everybody else from the Patriots. But all of a sudden, when it came to Garoppolo, for for those who think Mm. that Brett Favre was the weird one and that he wouldn't help his potential successors, for ultra-competitive quarterbacks, this is very normal. Yeah, This is very normal to try and basically sabotage the the backup if he's seen as a threat Yeah, and and not your fishing buddy. And Starlike, I told Judd earlier with this, this is the first time for 17 years the Patriots have been this robotic, yeah. hyper-focused, disciplined organization. They never even think about the week after the game they're playing right now. It's just don't talk to the press, focus on today, focus on each play one at a time, very robotic and kind of monotonous and boring to the outside public. Well, now, for the first time, Bill Belichick isn't thinking about now 100%. He's thinking about later or next, which is, all right, Jimmy Garoppolo, I need I need a quarterback. Tom Brady, for the first time, has social media in the last year. He's created an Instagram account and a business. And so I think there's some resentment that well, everyone's looking out for other interests now that don't involve Brady Belichick and Patriots now. And it's, you know, it's been, it's been a good run, though. It's been two decades. Yeah, it really has. And, that, and you know what? They can say whatever they want, any of the three parties, because they all three have enjoyed so much success and they have so many rings and they're all so rich. It's not even funny. So they can kind of come and go as they please. But the odd man out always is going to be the player. It sounds. It would appear to me that if Brady wants to keep playing, and he's made that clear to Belichick, and that also, here's how selfish he is and how arrogant he must be, yep. is that he has told Belichick, Grapple needs to go. Yep. And he has told, he's told him, we don't need this over my shoulder anymore. And Robert Kraft agreed. Yeah, he did. And that's, and Belichick did not. Yep. But I think the guess, who, won, guess who wins there? Yeah. But if he does, but I'm telling you right now, I mean that is that's a huge thing for a, a player to be up in the, in the in the big room upstairs, mm-hmm. all pretty windows, <laughs> saying who stays on the team and who doesn't. That's kind of dangerous. And it's when it's the big guy with all the rings on his finger, you, he can say that, yeah, and he can get that if he wants it that way. Superstar hanging out with us, Mackie and Jack. Do you want to win a 55 inch TCL Roku TV? Join Rookie at Shamrocks in St. Paul from six to. 8 p.m. Monday, January 8th for the ultimate college football viewing party with Dos Equis. Come enjoy an ice-cold one and register to win that new TV. Put game day over everything this college football season with Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoffs. More details at 1500ESPN.com keyword events. All right, we got Superstar in here. A couple minutes left in the show here. Vent line back in a week from Sunday. Jonathan, fire away with that third question from last night. All right, so Adam Schefter is reporting 10 years, $100 million for John Gruden. What does Gruden, now going to the Oakland Raiders, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders, do for Derek Carr in his career? Hmm. Mike, you want that one? Uh, Well, uh, you want to? P Mac, or you want me to take it? Well, I don't have that much time, but I'll tee it up this way. I think Derek Carr is a bright young talent. I think John Gruden at one point was regarded as a great, you know, molder of quarterbacks. He hasn't coached in 10 years. He's worked with all of these guys, though, even Derek Carr in the ESPN quarterback camps. Either way, I am super, super intrigued to watch this play out. I think it's going to be fun. I think he's kept up to speed. I don't think it's like Herm Edwards away from football for a while mm-hmm. going to Arizona State. I think Gruden's been up to speed on coaching. There's nothing There's nothing that John Gruden loved to do more than coach football. It's just that after he got his Super Bowl, it was a very good time for him to step out and get a job that would pay him top, top money and bought him even more <clears throat> relevance and being current uh, with the entire world with Monday Night Football and everything else. Um, this is going to work out good for, for for the for the Raiders in a big way. 
I mean, this is an Al Davis I'll transaction. Tell you what. This is an old Al it Davis. It better work I'll out good. You, Ten years, a hundred million dollar investment. It's going to. It's no going, state it, income it tax will. for Gruden, and Gruden will absolutely add so much to uh, to uh, Carr. He will absolutely make the kids stellar. Watch. You think you like football? Well, John Gruden doesn't just really like football. He. F- Loves football. Aaron Rodgers will not waste time running his great back into a loaded box when he has three receivers that are running a solution to his problems. It's a beautiful thing. Football! Football, yeah! yeah. Football! Yeah. Football! Yeah. Get some! <laughs> Get some. He, well, that's, that's just that, that's how passionate he is about football. You can hear it in his voice. Why run, why run a running back up into a loaded box when you can... You have the you have the uh, the solution right here in front of you. There's three receivers, and you can hit any one. He level. was offered a job you simply cannot turn down. You can't. There's no there's, there's no way that you can say no. Money's going to double in Vegas. Stupid. Yeah. The taxes are going to be. He was offered a number of zeros that you can't turn down. Yeah, lots of them. A lot of them. Ten yes. years for a coach. Hilarious. All right, superstar. Uh, find him on with us Mondays and Fridays, noon to one. Vikings playoff run starts next week.